Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. It means another episode of Unfiltered coming your way here and now. Here we go, indeed. Officially, it's to go down as episode number 114 of Unfiltered. It's an October Unfiltered, and it is live as we sit here every day throughout the World Series to the conclusion of the 2022 season. Right here, three ways, live with you. My Twitter, at Casey Stern, Believes YouTube. Or you can get to my YouTube channel, which you can find and subscribe to by getting up and hitting up my Twitter bio. As always, thank you, Unfiltered Band. You could jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution at any time at Casey Stern. Get to the Believe Shop. Get your Unfiltered Revolution merch. Whatever else you got to do to get involved, because we are rolling here in a World Series, and we've got a lot to cover here today. After a game one that was... Straight bananas. Been covering baseball 20 years, covered 16 World Series, and a lot of crazy games. And man, last night I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, there are some times where you just like you get that uh, FOMO. Man, wish I was there in that building last night. That was crazy. And everything you could ever ask for after all of the waiting, as the late Tom Petty said, waiting the hardest part, the five days of all the preview, we got everything that you ever could have wanted from a baseball game yesterday. And we saw everything that we expected leading into this series based on what we've seen from the Philadelphia Phillies and then plenty of unexpected as well. Break all that down here on this show. As always, great guests coming at you. My buddy Steve Phillips going to join me. About 15 minutes. Longtime general manager. Does a terrific job on MLB Network Radio and MLB Network and among other places. He'll join us and break down from where he sat. Always tough to be in those seats because like us, you can't control it. But those guys sitting there hoping every decision is made right after all the analytics, after all the preparation, the paralysis by analysis. We get to analyze here and sit on what was happening yesterday and how it was managed. And we get help with that, too. Guy knows a thing or two about that. Without Madison Bumgarner, he would have won not one but two World Series. Ned Ghost be here in just about half an hour. As always, we are helped by being here by our good friends at Bet Online, And this is where I remind you that bas- basketball is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends over at Bet Online. Your continued source for all your sports wagering information. They've got live betting free contests, giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet your favorite sports and events, NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Just get over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag to join and get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure, though, to use this promo code, BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Online where the game starts and we get started. And I remind you, you can chat with us three ways as well. Real simple. If you're watching on YouTube, either on my channel or on Believes, pop it open, jump into the chat. I'll get with you, converse along the way. Also, you can do the same here on Twitter. Just pop open the box if you're on Twitter watching live and get in, whether it's with replies or in the chat, and we'll get your thoughts and comments here during the course of the show because I got plenty to say. And I'll tell you what, if you're paying attention to this show, you know that the last couple of days – And I even made a mention yesterday, I made a point in the middle of the show that I said I would say it at least because sometimes it takes three times to remember something, whether it's Beetlejuice, Candyman, or anything sports related. Always the same. And I mentioned three times in yesterday's show, talked about it the day before. Ever since Aaron Nola was announced as the game one starter, what did I say? I said, you will see Rob Thompson manage a game one in a World Series more aggressive than you've ever seen a guy manage a game 
if what? He's in the middle innings and he's got a chance to win it. Nobody should have been surprised by that. Nobody on the broadcast, nobody watching it. Not just because you listen to this show, because it makes sense. Because you watch the way Rob Thompson managed in the last series and you see game three, for example, which stands out. And you notice that this guy's going to go for the jugular. I've said this many times. You always want to have more urgency rather than waiting too long. And he's proof of that. That proof been in the pudding and in the W's. But when you've got Wheeler going in game two, people, he knows, especially a guy now with extra day rest, who threw only 86 pitches, could have clearly gone deeper last week when he threw him. It's been brilliant that he's got a good chance, even though it's not a guarantee. Certainly nothing is. Just ask the Astros up 5 nothing yesterday, which we'll get to. But you know he got a good chance to get Wheeler through seven innings and go deep into this game tonight. And when you know that backed up by an off day, you've got a chance to then throw everything. Throw the kitchen sink. Get a chance to win. The point when you're in a seven-game series, especially against a team like the Astros, where you know you're not sweeping them, at least most likely. They hadn't lost a game until yesterday in this postseason. You've got to do the whole steal one and get out of Dodge and go back to Philadelphia where you've been brilliant and unbeatable in that in that raucous, crazy crowd at Citizens Bank Park. you got to get back there with a win. you got to get one W. Well, guess what? Uh, you get a chance to get that win. You go for it. And we saw that from Rob Thompson yesterday. And I don't think anybody should be surprised by seeing him be in a position where when he's got Aaron Ola in the middle innings and you come back and you tie that score. What did he say in the interview that they did in the dugout when he got a chance and he sees that that momentum is on his side, he going to work with that. He's going to bring Alvarado into the game. Another thing we brought up a couple of times here in the last couple of days, which you've heard me ask a number of people about is a matchup. I knew we'd see eventually, and you got it in the biggest spot yesterday with a strikeout. And that's David Robertson sitting there with those reverse splits and that cutter and that curveball working against Jordan Alvarez. So we'll have some more knowledge to drop for you here in the next hour or so. So don't go anywhere. Stay locked in and chat with us along the way, live and interact. And, of course, welcome to those listening on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else you get your podcasts. Want to break a few things down before uh, Stevie Franchise, Steve Phillips, gets in here in, a, in about 10 minutes. Number one, if Justin Verlander's going to the Hall of Fame, Justin Verlander is one of the greatest pitchers of our lifetime. I'm in my 40s. I don't care how old you are. That's just the way it is. What Justin Verlander's done this year and what will be a Cy Young season for him at this age, after that injury where he could have literally exit stage left, forget about can you come back? Why would you at this age when you got everything you did in your career, you put together a Hall of Fame resume, you got Cy Youngs, you got World Series, you got Kate Upton, no reason to do anything except just go away. But he wanted to come back, and he's had a remarkable season. What happened last night doesn't take that away. But here's what it does take away from. I don't care if you're a quarterback in the NFL and you got a great regular season ride and you got a great campaign in terms of putting together a career. If you can't get it done and you fail in the playoffs or you fail in a Super Bowl and it's not because, hey, you threw five touchdowns, your defense gave up six, but because you failed, you are looked at differently the rest of your life. If you're an NHL goaltender, nobody cares what you did in the regular season. Marty Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, all the guys you could think about in the last three, four decades, nobody cares who the hell they are. They don't get it done when it matters most and put a team on their back. Nobody cares about how many you know, games the Golden State Warriors won the year they blew the 3-1 to one lead. People don't talk about just the amount of finals LeBron's in, but it's the championships he won. When you get to that stage, you got to get it done. 
And you add him to the list of Max Scherzer this year, certainly among others who we have seen fail, the Clayton Kershaw's in spots that everybody gets on Clayton Kershaw for years. Let me tell you something, Justin Verlander had been way worse in the postseason than Clayton Kershaw ever was because in Kershaw's spots, almost all of them, it was Dom Mattingly 90% of the time, and then Doc, Dave Roberts, not having any bridge between him and Kenley Jansen, seeing the game too long. He'd given you five, six brilliant innings, and then he should be out. Or it's a situation where he comes out of the bullpen in 2019 and with an inherited runner on gets Adam Eaton as a as a pen guy and you leave him in for some ungodly reason, which made no sense. And Rendon and, and Soto both hit him for home runs and then also know it's Clayton Kershaw's fault. This is not that way. This is Justin Verlander has had a ton of starts where he hasn't gotten it done. This is Justin Verlander has had a ton of opportunities where he has not gotten it done. And yesterday, when you got a 5 nothing lead, and JB going to be the first one to tell you this, when you got a 5 nothing lead and you are a pitcher of his ilk, that is like having a four-touchdown lead with the 85 Bears defense. That's the way it should be looked at. You can't give up that lead. But he had help. You know, I love Dusty Baker. Love him. And, you know, it is easier sitting from the couch or in office, sitting in a press box, sitting in the media, seating out in the outfield, but all those places in the World Series, and it's easier. It's way easier than it is if you're there in that spotlight getting it done. But Dusty Baker cannot allow, especially when you watch the way Abreu pitched and how dominant that bullpen has been. We're talking about a bullpen with, you know, as good a pedigree coming in during the season, been even better in the postseason, sub-1 ERA as a staff. As deep a bullpen, we've talked about it as you can have. you got to get that bullpen and those horses the lead. Now, you could give up the five-run lead, and it could be five to three. But to come back at the next inning and not have anybody ready, not have anybody warning, to leave a situation where you've got Verlander, who's given this thing up, and then ended up having to face Harper, you cannot have that happen. And Dusty had way too much trust, which, by the way, has worked tenfold for him most of his managerial career and this year. But getting there with your guys and going with the guys who got you there and trusting your guys and all of that, that's got to go out the window. And it goes back to what I talked about when AC was here yesterday, Alex Cora, and that's feel. And that's feel in that moment. That's Devers, 2018. Well, he don't play against lefties, but I'm going to do that. See, Pierce, right? He don't hit righties, but hey, looks like he's doing it now. I'm going to put him in there. I don't care what you're supposed to do. I don't care what Verlander's back of the baseball card is, which, by the way, in the World Series, not good. The 5 7 ERA, by the way, going into yesterday, now upped. Okay. But you cannot blow that lead. And I love Dusty. You can't. I don't care if it gets to 5 4. You got to make sure your point is you're sitting there watching that is I am handing this bullpen that does not give up runs, I'm going to give them a lead of some sort. I'm going to give Verlander extra rope because he's had a Cy Young year and he's brilliant. I'm going to give Verlander an extra rope because he got off to a great start in this game, which he did. First three innings or so was brilliant. But I'm not going to sit there in a spot where I am losing that lead. I'm handing that dude to Bray, who, by the way, how filthy is that? That dude's going to close somewhere someday. I mean, ridiculous stuff. He's crazy good. But to sit there and when you've got that kind of a bullpen in those names, that cannot happen. Can't happen. It was a mistake. Too much respect for Verlander in that spot. Pedigree and name, that stuff doesn't matter when you get there. Verlander had, was losing it. Doesn't matter why. Doesn't matter how many pitches. Can't happen. Now, for the Phillies on their side, I said this before the series. My gut was telling me Phillies in six, and then my head picked Astros in six. Maybe it went the wrong way. Should have gone with the dad bod and the gut. 
because the way the Phillies have played, it's I tweeted this out yesterday. It's like a Rocky movie, people. And I know it's Philadelphia, so it's fitting. Literally every time they play, they get punched in the mouth. They get laughed at. They are done. They're not good enough. There's a big discrepancy. And all of a sudden, they get up, and they hit you over and over and over again. They don't care about matchups. They don't care about tomorrow. They don't care about what's supposed to be. They only care about how it is and how it is is that team's got belief and when you believe b-l-e-a-v of course it can happen but who would have believed some of what we saw last night late in that game and this is how you get these are the kind of moments that give you the amazing the great games the games that you always remember that castellanos catch by the way his base hit earlier in the game which was yeah he wasn't even having a good a b and he hasn't had many of those now in months really in a phillies jersey certainly way over aggressive, flailing away, but to somehow cover the outside of the part of that plate and to get down enough to get that thing out there in the left field and get a big base hit in that rally was crazy. I mean, it was nuts. And at bat after Harper gets there, remember, and Hoskins should have already scored, but scores on the Castellanos single. Cut it to five to three. I mean, that's the catch that he made was brilliant. Was absolutely, that was a sparkling, I mean, that's not a brilliant play for Castellanos. Of course it is, but it's a brilliant play for anybody. The JT Real Muto throw in that inning was crazy. And it looked like he very well, clearly it was one of those not enough, you know, information, uh, you know, to uh, overturn, right? Inconclusive, which I hate that thing anyway. To me, I've never understood. Why aren't we just showing people up in that box in New York and Chelsea? And I used to work in that office because it's where MLB.com is. For the people who don't know that, that's where the replay center is. If in the same office, if you're sitting there, I don't care what the hell the call in the field was. I want to know safer out, but that was a tough, that was tough to call. Segura arguing about it and talking it through with Altuve after that play. But what a hell of a throw by GT Real Muto. And how about what he's doing? You know, people kind of slept on him first couple of years after that whole situation where he came over from the Marlins and they're thinking, well, maybe not a big time player. He's a really good catcher. You know, and it is what it is. It's not the heyday of catchers right now. We know that. Go look at the All-Stars, some of them. We understand that. But maybe he just can't hack it. This guy ever stepped up? Are you kidding? I mean, huge in the last series offensively. He's been great with the pitching staff. Don't discount the job that he does in pitch sequencing and handling that staff and handling a bullpen that pitched five-plus innings, a brilliant scoreless baseball last night after being down 5 nothing. Don't discount what he means in games like last week where he's got, you know, a 4 nothing deficit falter falters and is gone, not even on the roster this week for this series. And he's working those guys through and keep, I mean, that is, is, a, is a forgotten piece of this game. But for him to step up and hit that home run, and of course the roof open, roof closed jokes, very close to the way that it looked with Tucker and Judge just going back a week, week and a half ago. But what, what an unbelievable inning and a half for him. And then David Robertson, you want to talk about stories, forget about just the fact because it's easy in the what has happened recently and the recency bias, and it's it's true. Think about what's happened with, you know, David Robertson and, you know, in a celebration. And I was at the game. It happened to Martin Gramanica, for people who remember kicking a field goal against the Giants and celebrating and having, you know, career injuries. As Kendrys Morales went through something like that at the plate during a home run celebration in this sport among many others, but what a weird scenario where he's down in the bullpen celebrating a Harper Homer and gets hurt. People talk about that, but what about the story from David Robertson, a guy who was pretty much off the field out of the league. People thought was done who battled back, pitched the way he did with the Cubs became a guy who was a premier guy looked at at the trade deadline, the Mets among others in on him. And 
able to find his way and, you know, get himself back into the mix, getting closer opportunities. Then he's not the closer. Then he finds himself in that game yesterday and, and is able to wiggle out of trouble. I mean, the stories across the board are amazing, and we can overrate all the time, you know, one game, especially when it's in a World Series. But there is a, a, the five days, it was worth the wait after what we saw last night, which was just you know, fantastic, brilliant baseball. I was getting a lot of crap from people this morning who are Met fans yelling at me because I was talking about how much fun the Phillies are to watch. But I'm sorry, that's just the reality. And we get to talk about that reality and much, much more with my guy Steve Phillips kind enough to join me here for a few in October Unfiltered. Stevie, appreciate you, buddy. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Good to be with you, Case. Uh, let, let me start with this, uh, you know, and I know there's probably plenty of them and we'll break it down, but the level of the kind of amazing game we saw and now reflecting on that after watching game one last night. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, they came out of the gate with the Astros looking like, of course, they're, they're the Astros. This is what they do. They don't have any rust. They don't, you know, they have all these off days. They shake it out. They come out, break out offensively. And I thought, you know, because I've kind of thought that that when you look at the rosters, you know, the Astros on paper are much better than the Phillies. And, you know, with that, when I make a prediction, I think, all right, well, that means four or five game series. It doesn't mean a longer series just because the Astros on paper, they're a better defensive team, better starting pitching, better bullpen, uh, and at least as good an offense. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of looked at it, but then the Phillies did what the Phillies do. They came storming back. They're a resilient team. Uh, they're gritty. They're tough. Uh, and, I mean, a bullpen that has failed so many different times over the last several years gives them, what, five and two-thirds scoreless innings of relief? Who would have thunk it? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it was a great game. I mean, just really a, a fun game to watch. And they're two really fun teams to watch, too. How much did – and I was, I was, I'm was i curious your take on this because, you know, you look back at the NOLA decision game, pitching game one, and I said as soon as I saw that happen – the thing that to me it opened up was Rob Thompson has been very, very aggressive to Stevie then be unbelievably aggressive, knowing how good Wheeler's been extra day, only 86 pitches, and that he could ride him in game two. And that if he had a chance, he could really go for it. And we saw that to an even exponential level, the way he handled the managing yesterday. But how much do you think in the middle of that game that helped him psychologically for Rob Thompson, knowing, hey, it's not Wheeler I'm taking out in that spot, and then a questionable, what do I get Nola? But he knows he got Wheeler now in game two. How much did that open things up for him, do you think, with that pen in the middle of the game yesterday? Oh, I think it, I think it did. I think. Look, I, I have to say, I've been very impressed by the way he's managed. Me I too. Think, He's managing to win games instead of win the series, Thank right? You. He's and, and and so and he, you know he'll he'll be like oh, I'll figure out tomorrow tomorrow. But if I can steal a game here, like game three is a critical game. I saw him manage game three in the last series like like a beast. Uh, and so he's done a really nice job. And for a guy's got no real other experience, but he's taken this opportunity and making the most of it. Uh, and so. No, look, it's interesting. The, the winner of game one since 1995 when the, the wild card uh, came into play and the playoffs expanded with that round. Since 95 in the World Series, the winner of game one goes on to win 81% of the time. 81%. Now, that's it's odd because in the league championship series, in the seven-game series, the winner of game one goes on to win 71% of the time. But for whatever reason, the World Series, and it's a smaller sample size, uh, it has been more significant. Um, but the last team that lost game one that went on to win the World Series was the 2017 Houston Astros. Uh, and so, you know, the Astros have the type of hitters that they can beat a good pitcher. 
Uh, and Wheeler's good enough to make good hitters look bad. And so I think it's going to be another great matchup. And in Framber Valdez, uh, he throws bowling balls. Like he throws bowling balls. You can't think about trying to hit a bowling ball and see if you can lift it off the ground. You can't. He gets so many ground ball outs. Uh, and, and yet he's one of the most predictable pitchers in baseball. When he is behind in the count, he'll throw his fastball 77% of the time. And his strikeouts, 77% of his strikeouts come on his curveball. So if you're going to get two strikes, if you get two strikes, you're going to get the curveball from him. And you can know it, but it's still really tough to hit him because it is just electric stuff. And the contact is not hard contact to your point because of that curveball and the effectiveness of, of you know the bowling ball, as you say, of belting it into the ground, which will be interesting matchup because the Phillies like to lift it in the air. By the way, uh, up in the air, certainly plenty over the years with the Astros. You may remind me of that game and being there. I remember talking to George Springer after that game one. He struck out four times and went on to have as good a World Series as anybody's ever seen. So things can turn around, but that offense has had some struggles in places we're not used to seeing, like Jose Altuve. And I thought maybe, Stephen, it's only one game. You know, he looked at it and he said, okay, maybe the days off, you know, would help him kind of take a, a breather for a guy like that who really understands how to hit as well as anybody. He was able to get the lucky knock that he thought it was an out where the fly drops in front of Marsh yesterday. How much is that something with a hitter like that late in the game we don't think about right now because they lost, but maybe gets him in a little bit of a mindset and a guy who needed seemingly, Stevie, that kind of luck at that spot he got yesterday in the night. Yeah, I mean, maybe, right? Maybe it will. Now, he had two hits in one game during the LCS. They weren't hit hard. They both fell in. I thought, well, maybe that'll be the thing to get him jump-started. Uh, they need him to get going. I mean, he, we. I mean, it's it's so obvious. He's such an important part to their team. It's It's all in his head, and that is – like for people to understand this game, that the guys who have been the best at times, I mean, you talk about MVPs at times in their career, can lose it because of what's going on, not because of their swing, but because of their what's going on between their ears. It is, this game is so mentally challenging. Uh, and especially at the end of the year when you're fatigued, you're worn down, and now you're struggling. And it feels like you can never get out of it. And I played seven years in the minor leagues feeling that way my entire minor league career. I just felt like I'm never going to get out of this slump. Uh, but for, for even the best, there is a fine line between confidence and fear and panic. Uh, and we're seeing it right now with Altuve. Two spots yesterday I thought kind of unsung for the Phillies because they didn't happen in the ninth. And we'll get to Castellanos' catch and Real Muto's play defensively and then the homer. But two, uh, maybe kind of comment on both. One, Ranger Suarez I can't give this guy enough credit. I mean, what he's done all year really for them, but to come in yesterday, Alvarez two for two, it's a small sample size, but still both guys know in that spot, two for two with two doubles, right? He's not a lefty lefty guy. Alvarez anyway, strikes him out. And then Bryson Stott who, wow, I'm watching his at bat, Steve, even this year, like the games against the Mets early. I'm watching the trend. It is, he had a temperature AB right before Verlander kind of lost it. And he, ended the inning and I think people kind of forgot about, it, but the guys on the Phillies outside of the stars are coming through in ways. I don't think they're probably getting enough credit for here over the last three, four. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the bullpen as well. I mean, this is Amazing. a bullpen that, that, you know, has been epically historically bad the last several years. Uh, and they've made some changes to it. And guys have really gotten locked in. Bryson Stott reminds me of Chase Utley. Yeah. I just, I see him do things and I'm thinking that it looks like his actions at times look like Utley. Now, He's not quite there yet, but I think there's there's a whole nother level to his game, too, that, that he's going to take it to. He stabilized shortstop for them. Brandon Marsh, 
you know, has stabilized center field, not much of a hitter, but he stabilized center field. And, and, you know, I think that on the other side of it, Martin Maldonado had a big base hit yesterday in the game. And so, you know, we, we focus so much on the stars, but I think what ends up happening is when you prepare for these games, you spend so much time talking about how are we going to pitch Alvarez? How are we going to pitch Harper? How are we going to handle, you know, Hoskins and Riomuto and Schwarber that, you spend less time on the other guys. Mm-hmm. And in the in these big moments, sometimes the other guys are the ones who come up and they come through in the clutch. When you look at yesterday in Verlander, you got to get, look, he's had an unbelievable year. It's amazing what he's done, Steve. I said, you know, with his pedigree, his career, Hall of Fame track record, the injury, he already got the family, Kate Upton. I mean, who's coming back and even fighting through all that even to do it? Why? But he's done it in such a Cy Young and an amazing way. But is it kind of unfair that we've crushed Kershaw as much as we have in his career? And some of it is very unfair because in that Swiss cheese sixth inning, Dom Mattingly had to deal with, right? Nowhere between him and Jansen. And Verlander, this is like every time now. I mean, the ERA was 5-7 going in yesterday. Blowing a 5 nothing lead, I said, for a guy like that should be like if Jim McMahon had a four-touchdown lead and 85 Bears defense. Like, there's no way that should yeah. ever happen. How do you look at what happened to Verlander yesterday? Well, and how much do you put on Dusty for leaving him in? Well, you know, it's here's the thing. It's really hard when you've got a 39-year-old veteran uh, who's never won a World Series game. He's now made eight starts. He's never won a World Series game. He's 0-6 with a 5.680 ERA coming into the game yesterday, and it's gone up. Um, yet in his other postseason starts, he's 15-5 and with a 3.5 ERA. I mean, he's been great. And so you know, how do you know, right? How do you know? And And so Dusty, in some ways, you know, he got caught up a little bit in managing Verlander instead of managing the game. Uh, and, and it's hard when you've got a big personality and an ace like that. And a guy who, you know, he wants that world series win, you know, he's and and I think they maybe Dusty waited a little longer than he should have. Uh, but he did it because of the level of respect he has for Verlander. And, you know, that, that logic doesn't really play in the analytics game. Uh, and yet I understood what he did. And so, and, and ultimately they, they lost because they stopped hitting That's the right. Astros, right? Their offense shut down. I mean, and Alvarez specifically, runs. Steve, right. Alvarez uh, strikes out. Rob, Robertson strikes him out. Suarez in a big stop strikes him out. I mean, look, he'd right. been great, but since game one of that Mariners series, he'd been, he hadn't been there. Alvarez. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that's the, this game is just amazing, right? The guy is all world in a series where he had, he had like seven two-out RBIs in, in the in the first round of the play, in, in their first round, in the wildcard round. Uh, and, you know, the the five-and-one game where he had to double the opposite field, the three-run homer to win it, all with two outs. You think, man, this guy is the best hitter in the world. But, man, it is it can slip through your fingers. That ability to hit and recognize the pitch. And, you know, and it can be just one bat at bat. You know, like for Altuve. He's he swung at some bad pitches, and I know in his mind he thought, let me wait a little bit longer to see the ball. And when you do that, you end, and with the leg kick like he has, you end up starting too late. Then you realize the ball's getting on you, so you rush your foot down and you rush your swing, and then you reach for the ball, and you're caught behind the fastball in front of the breaking ball, and then you think, oh, I've got to watch the ball a little bit more. And, and, you, and the reality is you've got to start sooner. You've got to get that foot down earlier. You can't get your foot down too early, but you can get it down too late. When guys have those leg kicks, they've got to get the foot down. You cannot start your swing until the foot is on the ground. 
And so if you're behind every fastball, it's because you're not starting early enough and getting the foot on the ground to start your swing. And therefore, you're playing catch up with everything. They know that. But it's the trust in your hands and all that goes on in it. And it's, uh, you know, that's why this is such a beautiful game. It's so and, unpredictable sometimes. And Steve, he's caught in between. I mean, really, as as we say, in terms of Altuve, look, a lot of their guys, they, they didn't, you know, beat the crap out of the ball in the Yankees series necessarily. I mean, they really didn't. So, you know, you look at that offense, there's still a lot more for them to do. Wheeler is a hard guy to do it against. When you look at this matchup today, if you're sitting there and you're the Astros, what's the approach with Wheeler? And specifically, because I always feel like this is a great conversation that we always have with these starters that can really deal who are, are red hot. Cliff Lee, I think of during those postseason runs, 2010, 2011. There was that whole, well, we're going to wait him out and try and run up his pitch count. And then you're 0 2 2 2 and forget it. Then he's throwing breaking balls. You got no chance. Do you expect the Astros to try and ambush early in counts if they see a fastball and be aggressive with Wheeler, knowing the longer in that bat he gets you with his stuff, the more difficult it's going to be? Yeah, I do. I think I do anticipate that they're going to try to jump him early on the count. Uh, look for a pitch. And look, it doesn't always have to be the fastball. It's it's the tendency. How has he faced you before? What, what is his percentage of using the slider versus the fastball? What's his general approach with you? And then sometimes you guess early and try to jump on and ambush that pitch to be able to try to do something to drive it. Uh, you can guess early and be wrong and still live to fight during the course of the at-bat. Uh, but I do. I think that that waiting out Wheeler, all he's going to do is get quick outs and and you know, or, or he's just going to throw strikes and then you're going to be behind it every count with a defensive approach at the plate. And so I think you've got to try to be aggressive on the fastball early in the count, try to get some damage done, get somebody on base if in, in, in at least see if it can't get some action going to get out in front. And I think here's the other thing. Like I look at Philadelphia, the Phillies, I just don't see them winning a lot of two, one games. I think that they're, they're going to have to slug. I Meaning their bullpen was perfect yesterday. Oh, amazing. But- I can't believe that's going to sustain itself only because it's not done it all year. Yeah. And that's the last one I had for you, Stephen. I appreciate this time is, is, you know, I'm with you on Rob Thompson. I love the way, cause to me, almost always having a lack of urgency hurts you for managers in these spots, right? Leave a guy in too long. You're not paying attention. I've been bringing up a lot the last couple of weeks watching, you know, Dave Roberts, his first time leave you Darvish in down five, nothing before finally taking him out. Kershaw four brilliant innings was too late by then where Rob Thompson going to go when you use Alvarado and Eflin and Dominguez the way he did yesterday. I know he's got the day off, but you know, if Wheeler can't get you through more than five or six, I don't know where the creativity comes from because you can't syndergaard has got to start, right? Suarez through yesterday. He got to make a start, even if it's game four instead of game three. What are his options really in this game if Wheeler doesn't give him six, seven innings? Yeah, I think it's I think it's what he did yesterday. I think that he pushes these guys all two days in a row, takes the benefit of the off day. Uh, there's potential rain in Philly on Monday that could be an issue. Uh, and so I think I fully expect Rob Thompson to completely go for it uh, in again, this game yeah. today. Again, he's going to go try to do everything he can to win this game. He'll figure out after a day off who's available on, on Monday. But I think he's, he wants to go up 2-0, and I think you're going to see him manage that way. Stevie, appreciate you. Thanks so much for the time. Enjoy the rest of the series, buddy. Always you got it, Casey. You got it. Anytime, buddy.
All right, thank you, man. There's Steve Phillips joining us. As we continue here on October Unfiltered, as always, you can jump in the chat three ways. We'll get your thoughts along the way as we go on. But we've been getting the thoughts of managers who have uh, been there, done that, and these sorts of things with World Series. Alex Corey yesterday. And our next guest, although I, I hate to have to remind him, I always have to give this intro. If not for this Madison Bumgarner guy, would have been a two-time World Series champion as a manager, my buddy Ned Yost. Ned, how are you, sir? Great, Case. How are you? Can you? You hear me fine? I hear I hear you perfectly, buddy. Thank you so much for doing this. I I, I let me start kind of where I, I just was with, with Steve. Rob Thompson has has you know been a lifer in this game such a long time. He's such a well-respected guy. Uh you manage against those Yankee teams many times where he was, you know, anybody talks about, you know, as the bench coach, where you know he's he's basically doing everything he can, like your bench coaches did, to try and help support his manager. He deserved this chance. But how about watching a guy get the opportunity he's gotten and be as aggressive as he's been? Because he's been balls to the wall, Ned, the way he's managing this team here in the playoffs. Yes. And, you, you know, Case, there's – you know, I, Dusty, he has been there so many times. There's so many people that are – they're kind of behind where if you give them the opportunity, they can excel. Really, I'm excited to see what happens to the rest of this series and how he goes into this game tonight and how he goes further. Now, let me, right before I came on, and, you know, I, I when we were in the playoffs, about bullpen usage, you know, are my guys going to make, make it? Am I pushing where I call Bobby Cox? And I said, Bobby, I, I, I'm my bullpen guys. I'm afraid I'm going to wear them out. I'm afraid I'm going to. He said, Ned, trust your relievers. If they two days in a row, if it's three days in a row, but that communication yesterday, that's a communication that, you know, starts generally trust there, where the pitchers know that they're going to give you everything with you, and you're going to be able to put your arm around them and thank them for that, that worn out, this says I can't go, you know, says I can go today, I can't. And communication is extremely important. Be able to have trust in them. This time of year is unlike any other time of year. Plugged into the light socket. You wake up like you're six years old. Your room for mom and dad had to come get you so you, you can see what's under the tree. Tremendous feeling this time of year and you are completely energized you, you, you can do much more uh, uh, than the season because stakes are so high the adrenaline is so high and the stadium is so high case and you know it's funny as a manager I went eight times and the first and enjoy 
but you can't. You're just so, so you're just so like crowd. Um, but you feel the crowd. You feel the energy inside you uh, is a, tr- a tremendous feeling. And so, you know, be aggressive. For, for me, it's a little more dangerous uh, when you're in a day or two, you know, because they're not used to that, that grind. Um, you know, when, when they get the call, they're going to be ready, so it's going to be. I want to. Uh, and we're chatting with Ned Yo, so I want to try. Part of managing is certainly is is you know, calling audibles on the fight. So I want to do this with you. This is the first, by the way, first time ever we're going to try this. Um, while we're sitting here live, welcome to uh, you know podcasting. So I want to try because I, I you're coming in, but you're bopping a little bit in and out. Do me a favor, take the AirPods out because they're they're for some reason that yeah, try okay. and do it just through the computer and turn. Try and switch your audio in the meantime, and I'm going to bring you back up here in a second. So just give me a thumbs up while you got your audio, and I could see you. But that way, when I hear you, we'll see if uh, that might be able to fix things. This is how you manage and you slow the game down as it's happening. This is at least what I've heard from all these managers I've worked with and hosted with for I don't even know how long. Uh, Ned, how are we now? I think we're fine. you hear me? I can I can hear you. I can hear you. It's a little bit choppy. I just uh, will uh, will I'll, I'll battle through it. I just make sure it's you're also you're on the farm, so I know like your your wireless is not uh, you know because you're in in relaxed style. Uh, so which is not, not the end of the world. I, I want to ask you this: when you've got a Zach Wheeler type and you're Rob Thompson and you know he's in game two, when you sat there and you had your horses in series that you were in. All those years coaching with the Braves, managing when you're sitting there and you had the Grankies, and then you're sitting there with the Royals, obviously. When you know that the guy going the next day is a horse that you can ride, even if he gives up a couple early, you just know that dude's hanging in. I'm sixth, seventh inning, I got a chance. How much more aggressive, Ned, did that make you the game prior in a postseason in terms of being able to kind of let everybody out of the stable because you can hand it to the ball and say, hey, look, you got to ride me a little bit tomorrow with that kind of a starter? Well, I mean, that all, you don't think about it in the playoffs. You go pitch to pitch because, I mean, let's go Verlander, you know? So, you know, he's in that game last night. He's, and you're looking at pitch count and you're thinking, okay, hopefully I can take this. Just never know what's going to happen this time of year. It's just, so you got to kind of adjust to the situation uh, as soon as you get there. And we would start like three weeks, sit and try to anticipate everything that could happen, how we were going to react to it, what we were going to try to do. By the time we got there, these things that came up between myself and my coaching staff. So we pretty much knew exact scenario when it happened, and it just made it easier. But I don't know what's going to happen, uh, and you got to just kind of take it pitch by pitch, uh, you know, go from there.
when you look at at the Astros, and here's a team that's got a five nothing lead yesterday, and Justin Verlander on the mound, um, that's uphill climb city. You know, I think about you know I, we've referenced this over the years, you and I, many times. You know, down seven three in the seventh, I think it was with John Lester on the hill, right? And and you know the fight that your team had. Do the Phillies kind of look? They they play totally differently than your teams did in terms of a lot of slug, right? Not nearly as much contact. It's a different game now. But one of the things that reminds me, and I mean this, of, of your the attitude of your guys, and yet a lot of younger players, and they have some younger players too, but they're led by you know more veterans certainly that, than you had at the time because you had a young core. But there was that fight of belief versus what everybody else believed where your club just had this resounding thought that we're going to win no matter what. How much are you enjoying just watching the way the Phillies are playing, considering 5 nothing in Verlander to most other people? They're going home in their own heads mentally, Ned. This team, you could tell legitimately, wasn't even surprised they were back in the game when they tied it. You got a couple factors there. The one is you're playing in Houston. One little medium fly ball Gone. all the way right. from, from getting behind the whole, whole time. And you're going to have that in Philly, too, because it's a short porch. are constantly trying to figure out ways to get guys on. With those parks, all of a sudden, you, you can tally two or three runs. The mindset of the Phillies in that situation. It doesn't matter what he that hey, they can hit a fly ball that's not, not going to go out in most parts and put runs. Manager in Houston, I was never comfortable with even a six or seventh inning because you just don't know what would happen. And we made a huge in Houston. I I think in game four, in 14, or 15, game five, where we ended up, you know, going to the, the I think, which is so important, and it's hard for, for people to understand, and play together like they do. You know, over the course of years, they're coming up, they're trying to fit in they're trying to understand there because they think that they're good they think that they can win the wild card game uh in 14 where our guys are to knowing in their heart that they could win and that's now you can definitely tell that the Phillies they scrap they scrap they were once that playoff started, and it might have been game one against St. Louis. That they could win, to knowing that they could win, and and they've run off. You got a group of guys that know in their heart that they can win. They're going through it for the first time. They're going to be a major handful in that great club like the Houston. Astros. Yeah, it makes a huge difference when you've got that collective belief. And to your point, the Phillies' last team to get into the postseason, they don't care. Weren't supposed to beat the Braves, who beat them up all year long in the last series. They don't seem to care about that. 
Uh, you know, the last thing for you is when you sit there and you look at, at the Astros now, you know, down one Oh at home, we talk about, you know, these must win game. The Astros can go win. Look, they didn't lose a game before we got into to, you know, last night's game, right. in the whole postseason, So we know that they can win in bunches and they were the better team clearly in the regular season. They've got the better roster. They've got the pedigree six continued LCSs. How much are our managers and players, feeling the pressure of being down 0-1 in a series, even though you need four, just going into this game, you get down early, all of a sudden we're down 1-0 and we're down early in game two. How much is that tangibly something that you feel being on that side? That game starts, you're feeling it. And you're constantly trying to put, I think, man, if we go down 2-0 today, we got to go to Philly. No, you got to continue to to continue mentally to stay it you freeze your mind up they've got tremendous pitching Houston does case I'll give you a story when we were um, we were playing the St. Louis Cardinals in the playoffs and, and they beat us in St. Louis Lewis, they beat us in game four to go up three games to one. Down the hall, you could hear the Cardinals. They got their, their music blaring. They're three games to one. We're one game away from elimination. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there, and the guy started looking around the room, and all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, there's 10 or 15 guys. Guys chuckling and finds Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz the next three days. They don't have a chance. Game seven, big, you know, but the pressure that they felt, they were too. It's like, oh man, we don't want to get to 3 3. Boom, they lose 3 3 and runs in the first inning. But the pressure is there, but you got to continue thoughts out and you just got to go do what you've done all year long this don't worry about what you can't control play your heart out and then Ned, appreciate you so much for doing this. Uh, you know I do. Uh, enjoy the rest of the series and watch it home and time with the family this weekend. And thanks so much for the spot this afternoon, my friend. Appreciate you. You know that. Thanks, Case. Thank you. There he is, one of the best people in the game and a good friend over the years, and we appreciate Ned Yost for hopping on board. Guy knows a thing or two, again, without that mad bum guy. Greatest performance I've ever seen in a postseason game by a pitcher in person. Uh, would have been a two-time World Series champ. And look, you know, for Rob Thompson and for Dusty Baker, you know, they've got different roads in what got them here. But Rob Thompson, a lifer in the game, he's been around it. He's been around winning for a long period of time, certainly was with the Yankees. And, you know, he knows a thing or two about how it gets managed. He's seen it now, though, to be doing it as aggressively as he has. you got to give him a ton of credit. We love Ned. Appreciate him. Uh, of course, uh, and, and for those who don't know, Ned uh, joining me from, I mean, he is farm through and through. I don't even know how many God forsaken acres he's got, uh, even though he lives only about an hour from me uh, here in Georgia, but uh, we'll, we'll have to, uh, we'll send him some better Wi-Fi for the next time, but we appreciate him. And uh, thanks for bearing through some of the audio with that. And our thanks for Steve Phillips as well for joining us here on this show tomorrow. Mike Stanton coming up. We got Billy King coming up 
on uh, Monday. Also, Gary Sheffield next week. We've got a lot of different guests that are coming. We'll get you uh, posted on all of that. Of course, at Casey Stern on Twitter, where you could join the Unfiltered Revolution and become a part of October Unfiltered anytime during the show by chatting with us three ways. Uh, for example, as Charles does here, where he lets us know that uh, he feels that uh, we had a choke job from uh, Justin Verlander. Look, I, you know, I, choking to me, when you got a five nothing lead and you're in the third inning, I think he, he, you know, he choked the lead away and blew that for sure. Look, the numbers are what they are. Verlander's been terrible in the World Series, but as Steve Phillips pointed out early in the show, he ironically been pretty, look, not great, but pretty decent the rest of the postseason. When he's pitched, we never give credit, though. This is what I always say. It's like Steven Strasburg, dis Strasburg disappeared off the face of the earth, not healthy in years, seemingly now. But go look at the, the numbers this guy was putting up in 2019. You know, it is not easy to dominate in a postseason in a World Series. We sometimes don't realize how much credit you should give the guys who do it. Because look what happened to Scherzer earlier this year in the postseason. Oh, we could say, okay, well, he was healthy with the oblique. And, you know, Verlander, well, he's still coming off an injury. And look how many innings he's pitched. We can give excuses for everything. But I go back to your Jim McMahon with a five-touchdown lead in the 85 Bears defense. If I'm telling you you're Dusty Baker with a 5 to nothing lead and Verlander on the hill. And that bullpen. You can't blow that as a team. That team blew that lead. That team choked the game away. And I love Dusty, but you can't be given there in that spot, giving up that lead without handing that ball to Abreu and company with a lead. you got to put that in your favor. And now all the pressure is sitting there on Houston because you got Zach Wheeler sitting there in game two. And look, I love Framer Valdez. He's arguably the most underrated player this year in the American League. Let it in innings. He's going to get some top five Cy Young votes, even though he'll be among others to lose to Verlander, who's going to win it. But he'd been brilliant at all the quality starts, broke the record. He keeping you in games, even the game against the Yankees, so impressive a week or so ago, whenever it was, where with the bad PFP and the two errors on one play, gives up three runs, but keeps you in the game, gives you a chance to win. That's easy for us to say, not easy to do. He'd been brilliant. But Zach Wheeler, that guy's a dude right now. And you're Rob Thompson. I'm with Steve Phillips. He don't care about anything right now. He's going for it. I love the way he's managing. I love, you know, I mean, again, it's like it's like the team plays. It's like I put it in Twitter. I mean, look, I, don't, I hope this doesn't make it PG-13. All balls. That's, that's the way Philly's playing. They don't care. They don't give a crap what the hell they're supposed to do or not do. Alec Bohm making a beautiful defensive play yesterday in a big spot. Castellanos with a beautiful defensive diving catch in a ninth inning of a game yesterday. Not a good outfielder. Been terrible most of the last few months. Unlike Juan Soto, didn't get a gold glove candidacy, but and that's another thing. But the stories in the bullpen, Ranger Suarez, again, you know, Jordan Alvarez, we've been talking a lot about Altuve, and I get it, because clearly, you know, right now, the hidden story, and it's amazing how things change in the postseason, right? Like, the Astros hadn't lost a, a freaking game the whole time until yesterday, and we're talking about all the great things that they have, and they still very well could win this series, and they could win it in five games. You know, Steve Phillips referenced earlier in the show, 2017, I remember talking to George Springer before the next game about striking out four times in that game and losing. And I don't think he got out the rest of the series. It was the World Series MVP. It was brilliant. And the team won. I know nobody wants to hear about it with the trash cans and all that. I get it. But I'm just saying, get yeah, one game. It's only one game. But it's amazing how things change because when you go back and you look at the history of it, the Astros haven't beaten the crap out of the ball. The Yankees were kind of in those games. They just couldn't hit at all.
they, they got timely hits. The timely home run from McCormick after the error and the ball that dropped between you know, Bader and Judge. They got you know, the timely home run from Bregman on a pitch that Seve Severino didn't get in enough. They had some big hits, but they, they didn't beat the crap out of the ball. Yesterday, Tucker, terrific, not once but twice. But Alvarez got struck out in a big spot by Suarez, who was two for two and had two doubles off of in his career, who came out of the pen. He's not a bullpen arm anymore, used to be, as a starter for them. And then you get later in the game, Robertson struck him out. I mean, he since that first series with Seattle, Jordan Alvarez hasn't been the same either. They got to get those two guys going. Forget about just against Wheeler. And I know in Philadelphia, that, that park could have played a bolt of their offenses. Don't forget, that's not just Philly who's going to take you know, advantage of that. The Ashes got a lot of power up and down their lineup and slug of their own. But if they don't figure out how to get Altuve and Alvarez going, they're not going to beat this team four times because the Phillies don't care what the bullpen names look like on their baseball card. They only care about what's happened in the last two, three weeks. It's the crazy part about baseball. That's the insanity about the way this sport works. It's why you can have a Cardinal team in 2006 win 83 games in a regular season in a terrible division in the NL Central where everybody else under 500, they're underdogs every series. And regardless of Andy Chavez and the strength to be here, it's the Cardinals who were there with Anthony Reyes in a World Series of all people starting game one and David Eckstein winning a World Series MVP. It, it is about, you know, what teams do during that stretch. An unbeatable Yankee team that Brasso, who sent Chapman and company home with the Rays, and they end up, who knows if Snell's still in the game, and, and Turner would have been gone for game seven. Who knows what would have happened if there was a game seven? Don't know. I mean, this is, the, this is the crazy part about October. This is why you love baseball, that you never know what the hell you're going to get. And yes, the layoffs hurt some of these teams before, and I believe that they did. But it doesn't mean that regardless of the format, that you're going to sit there and... This is not the NBA. The NBA this season, I'm sorry. Right now, we can. I, I think we all understand, right? It's either going to be the Bucks, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Suns. You want to give me like one of the, the Nets? I mean, if somehow they come together, we will give me one other team. There's like five teams that possibly can win the championship. And the year is five games into the season. You already know that in the NBA, we're five games into the year. That there's only five, six teams that could win. It's like that every single year in the NBA. And I love basketball and I love the NBA covering it. Right. But it's just the way it is. You know, the NFL, it's like, okay, like, I mean, the Giants and the Jets are like, what are they playing this you know, Super Bowl? I mean, you know, who knows? You can't figure it out this year, but normally you can kind of peg what's going to happen. Which four or five teams got a shot? Baseball, not that way. You got a team that sneaks in the back door, barely got in. People thought the Brewers would beat them out. They find their way in a series against the Cardinals. Nobody picked them. A series against the Braves. Nobody picked them. And a series that they sit here. And even though my gut said, and I said it on this show on Monday, my gut said Phillies in six. I still don't have the balls to pick them. And took the Astros in six. That that's that's what they're using. That's that fuel that they have. But that's what they don't care. You know, the crazy part is they didn't like like luck themselves. You know, that's why you Verlander choked. You know, it, it, it's I hate that the choke thing sometimes because it's like you know with the Mets this year with the division they they choked opportunities certainly against the Cubs and, and teams like that. But the Braves took that division over four months from them. The Phillies. Have they took game one back now? Dusty should have had Verlander out, should have gone to the bullpen earlier. Yes, 
their their big bats didn't come through. You had an accidental, you know, pop fly single in front of Marsh from Altuve. You got nothing out of Alvarez. You're waiting for Tucker to come up as the big bat. That's not the way it's supposed to be. He ain't fifth in the lineup. They didn't get the big at-bats. Pena was in a big spot, didn't get it done this time, and the Phillies got the outs. They got the outs in that bullpen. Ranger Suarez got the outs. Alvarado got the outs. Eflin got the outs. Dominguez got the outs, and David Robertson got the outs. Who the hell would have ever thought that? The Phillies' bullpen was a disaster over, over like a four-year period. They were a mockery. They can't play defense. They can't pitch in the bullpen. Now, all of a sudden, they're brilliant in the bullpen. They're playing brilliant defense. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Seinfeld will have a chicken salad instead of a tuna in the Even Steven episode. We are living in crazy town. But now Zach Wheeler on the hill, that not crazy town. Zach Wheeler's a dude. Fravor Valdez is great. Right now in a matchup with Wheeler on paper, you're taking Wheeler. He's been unhittable. If he pitches that way in game two, who knows? Then you're going back to Philadelphia where it's like, yeah, I, I don't know, but can they hit Javier McCullers? Sure, they can. you got to put yourself in a position to have a chance to win a series, and after game one, after a, a wild, crazy game it was, the Phillies are in position now to do some damage. This is a spot where Wheeler gets a lead 2 nothing, and you're sitting there, and you got Wheeler on the hill, and he threw three scoreless. You're in the fourth inning. You're an Astro fan saying, are we going home again? You're a Dusty Baker fan saying, is this going to happen to him again? That's how quick, after not losing the whole postseason, it changes like this. Go back to, I, I posted on Twitter a video. I think it's the day before the postseason started. It was like a minute and a half. And the whole thing was about what I have learned most about covering the postseason is we don't remember until it happens every year just how fast these things happen. The Dodgers are in a record season and everything's amazing. In three, four days, you're gone. That's it. It's over. That fast. Five-nothing lead with Verlander and an Astro team that hadn't lost a game in the whole stinking postseason. Now we're sitting here less than 24 hours later and let me tell you something. 24 hours later, Wheeler's sitting there up 3 nothing in the sixth inning. Every Astro fan in the world thinking we're going home in five games. Phillies all of a sudden turn the tie quick, become the favorites in your DraftKings odds or wherever. Right? Bet online, of course. That, that's just the way it is. Things to watch tonight. Early in this game, Altuve, can he get going? Can he use, you know, Steve brought up the point he's right, at a two-hit game in the Yankee series, Maybe that's where he bounces back. He doesn't. A lot of times with hitters, talking to them over the years, people, because it's all about psyche. It's why, you know, why do Wade Boggs eat chicken, you know, every day or whatever the routine was. These guys are creatures of unbelievable habit, baseball players, right? They're crazy in all that. But here's Altuve, who thought he was out, was pissed off at himself because he popped up. Marsh playing too deep, drops in front of him, gets a base hit, and it doesn't end up the way he wants, but does that now lead to now in the first step out of this game where he's feeling a little bit better? Was it a sigh of relief of some sort? I don't know. They lost the game. Certainly it's not going to feel that way, but they need something, anything to get him going. They need Joe Boo in a locker. It doesn't matter what you got. Something to get you going. Alvarez, what kind of at-bats do we see? Continue to follow the matchups. I said this before the series all week long that you're going to see David Robertson in a lot of spots against Alvarez. And even though yesterday he ended up being in that spot because he was in the ninth inning, he struck him out. You know what happens when you do that in a small sample size series like this? 
All of a sudden, Rob Thompson saying, okay, well, if I use Alvarado in today's game in the sixth, seventh inning, right? And in the eighth inning, here comes the spot with Alvarez, and I only want to use Dominguez for one. Robertson may be the guy who faces him. Because with that matchup and that cutter and that curveball, and you saw it yesterday play out in that at-bat, we broke it down with Rec, with Anthony Recker yesterday. I've been talking about that all week, that that's a matchup that you could see. But the Astros got to get those bats going. Valdez going to keep you in the game. I mean, even though the defense on his own part and his own mistakes put him in a 3 nothing hole in the last time we saw him in that series against the Yankees, and he kept him in it, I mean, even if he goes up too early, because the Phillies going to slug find their way to homer in this game, they seem to do it every day, at least once. He's going to stay and keep you in there. Wheeler going to keep you in there. This isn't going to be, and now who knows, maybe it ends up this way, because, you know, certainly you would predominantly think that tonight's going to be a night where he's sixth, seventh inning. Both those starters could very well be in the game. Valdez just throws. I mean, he throws innings. But Dusty cannot, I don't care if Valdez has thrown 5,000 innings this year. I don't care that he's got enough quality starts to keep himself busy. It's longer than a CVS receipt. I don't care. You're Dusty Baker tonight. Valdez looks shaky in the fourth. I'll bring you in the game or wherever you're going. You you gotta get you can't be down 0-2. You gotta be urgent. You cannot sit there. And I agree with what Steve Phillips said just to close here. I agree with what he said. And I said this at the outset of the show. If you missed it, then go back Apple Spotify podcast everywhere you get them. And you can listen to all of our episodes, but of course, go back to what I was saying with this. But Dusty got caught with a Hall of Fame pitcher with a Hall of Fame pedigree and a Cy Young Hall of Fame kind of season, and all the things he wanted to do to win that game, wanted to get a World Series win he hasn't gotten. Dusty knows that. Dusty's a player. Dusty feels for his players. He feels he's like a father in there. He felt all that, and he managed Justin Verlander yesterday instead of managing the team in that spot. He managed the Hall of Famer instead of managing the team because 5-3 I had no problem with. The start at bat, they don't get closer, you come back. When you can get to 5-5 five, five and have to face Bryce Harper and be in all of that, that can't happen. you got to at some point say, okay, well, it doesn't make sense. because, And I get it. You had three great innings. Like, How the hell did that happen? Well, the same way that sometimes pitchers have rough starts and they snap in, it could snap out of whack. It doesn't matter how. Is it innings on the year? Is he tired? Is it just they were getting to him? You know, I don't think he choked necessarily. I know people are going to go there. ERA north of six now in a World Series. But whatever the hell the reasoning is, you got to get him out of the game. You can't sit there and watch it happen. And he got caught watching a Hall of Famer and managing a Hall of Famer and that pedigree instead of that team yesterday. Doesn't mean they, don't, they would have won the game anyway. Who knows? But I'd rather hand a Brave a lead 5-4 than tied. And that's the mistake that he made. Don't make a mistake here. Be with us tomorrow, 12 o'clock Eastern time. Mike Stanton will join me. We'll break down a, a number of things on this show, including uh, everything that happens at game two, looking ahead on the flights. Were they happy? Were they not? For which side and what happened? Getting into game three. And we got a lot coming as we'll continue every day, noon Eastern, live with you on the YouTube channel for me, which you can subscribe in the Twitter at Casey Stern, the YouTube for Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and of course, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else. Thank you for being on board. Thank you to Steve Phillips. Thank you to Ned Yost. And thank you to the folks who helped make this possible. Because, of course, we are presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. 
AV on YouTube.